Thanks, Gloria. Good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning. If you're watching on the live stream, if you're in town or on holidays, great to have you join us as well. Uh, this week, I was reminded of the sermon that, uh, during which I was convinced that I should go into full-time ministry. Uh, it was in the year 2000. In Katoom- I was in Katoomba, and the late Dudley Ford started his sermon talking about the people who invented Monopoly. Any Monopoly fans? Oh, quite a few. Has mixed results in our family in terms of the outcome uh, and the tantrums that follow. But uh, anyway, in terms of uh, the people who invented Monopoly, uh, they obviously created this massively popular and enduring game, made lots and lots of money, and now just spend their time playing golf, basically. Now, as a golfer, at first, this sounds really appealing. <laughs> and, you know, would it be great to have all the money in the world and to have all the time in the world to play golf? But thinking about it a little more, is that our mission in life? Is that what we're here to do? To make lots of money so we can eventually stop and play golf or insert your favourite pastime. I know some of you may not favour golf, can't understand that, but yes, put in whatever you like. Is that our mission? To make enough money or have enough money to enjoy ourselves? Uh, maybe that's not maybe that's not it for you. Maybe it's something else. You know, what are you? Uh, what are you hoping for in life? If you're working, what are you working for? What are you dreaming for? What would you love to see happen in your life and in this world? Well, we've just had the Easter weekend, remembering the death of Jesus for our forgiveness and the resurrection of Jesus, bringing new life to those who follow him. But if Jesus is risen, if he is our Lord, then he gets to set the direction in life. And so what is that direction for us? What's our mission in life? What should we hope to see? Well, let's sit humbly before the word of God and let uh, let God show us what our mission is as followers of Jesus. Uh, we're in the last... Uh, last week of our series on Matthew over many uh, years. Uh, us as a church, we've gone through Matthew's gospel, looking at the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. And we're at an end today. Uh, we've had Jesus die on the cross and his disciples went into hiding after Jesus's death. But then Jesus rose from the dead And his disciples went to meet him in Galilee in the north, uh, where he told them to go. And so that's where our reading for today starts. Let's go back to God's word together. Matthew 28 uh, in your Bibles or up on the screen Uh, reads, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, but the mountain where Jesus... Oh, sorry. Let's go again. It's early. Uh, then 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 the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So when the disciples saw Jesus on his way to them, you know, some of them immediately bowed down in worship. But it looks like some of them were doubting. You know, could it really be him? No, surely not. But when Jesus came right up to them, they were left in very little doubt that it was him. The one who died on the cross in public view was now risen from the grave. And Jesus says three things to his disciples. Jesus says to them, this is who I am. 
This is the mission I give you, and this is my promise to you. That's what Jesus is saying to them and to us today. So firstly, uh, Jesus tells them who he is. And basically, Jesus says, I'm the one in control. Have a look. Verse uh, Verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So remember, this is partly why Jesus was raised from the dead. If uh, It was so that God could give Jesus all power, all majesty, all influence, all control over everything, both in the earthly realm and in the heavenly realm. Jesus is in charge. So he's in charge over the whole world. He's in charge of history. He is ruling despite the pandemic. He is over the destiny of the world and all its nations. He is in charge. But guess what? That means he's also in charge of you and me. And if Jesus is in charge of you and me, his mission should impact every aspect of our lives I'm not sure what the main things in your life are right now. Uh, there'll be, you know, there'll be differences between us all. But generally speaking, for many of us, uh, key parts of our lives are our family, our, our work or our search for work, uh, some form of exercise or health, uh, keeping up with friends, uh, and for many, entertainment on screens. That's kind of the main things of our life. But if all authority has been given to Jesus, then to be his disciple means to accept authority over all those things. He needs to be king over every aspect of your life. And so for that means for your work or for your friends or for what you watch, it means doing them all under the good rule of Jesus. And so if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, and I hope you do, and I hope you are, then maybe have a think. Is Jesus in control over this area of my life? Is Jesus the key voice over how I do this? Because we love trying to keep control, don't we? Thinking we know best, doing things for what will be good for us, for our own sake. But are we listening to God in all those areas of life? Or are we just going it alone? But if Jesus is who he is, if he is in charge of everything, then we need to have him in charge of every aspect of our lives. But with that reminder of who Jesus is, Jesus gives us this mission. This is the mission Jesus gives us. And surprise, surprise, it's not to make lots of money and play lots of golf. That's not what life's about. You know, life is not like what the ads say. The ads will say, experience everything you can. The one with the best travel photos wins. And thankfully that's not true, particularly during COVID when we can't travel much at all. Uh, that's not the essence of life. It's not our purpose. Jesus says, don't just work for yourself and your little kingdom. He says, come and work for my kingdom. And so here's the mission in verse 19. Therefore, 
Go and make disciples of all nations. So if you're a disciple of Jesus, or if you become a disciple of Jesus, this is your new mission in life. To go and make disciples of all nations. If Jesus has authority over all things and all people, everyone needs to know about Jesus. So go and make disciples of all nations. Remember, Jesus is saying this just after the events of Easter. We know the forgiveness of sins so that we can be right with God. And then he rose again to bring victory and new life and authority and rule. Jesus is the good king we must serve. And so if that's who Jesus is, and if you trust in him, then your purpose is to do all that you can so that people know Jesus, so that people see the glory of Jesus, so that people will follow all uh, all the way to God the Father. Or as we say in this church, so that people are transformed by Jesus' love. That's what your life mission is. Making disciples of all nations. That should be our biggest hope. That should be what we want to see happen around us. That's to be your life's work. Uh, obviously, with uh, Prince Philip uh, uh, dying, uh, was it yesterday? The day before? day before? A lot of talk about legacy and uh, his impact in life. I wonder what your life's work is or what you see as your life's work. You know, will it be the, the sprawling family as your life's work? Uh, will it be the, the company that you built from the ground up as your life's work? Well, as a follower of Jesus, we will have new and growing disciples as our life's work. This is what we're made for. It's a life, it's a life's work that will be worthwhile and meaningful. Because one day that company will get bought out, might even go bust. Or at some point, families will be separated by distance or divorce or death. But a life's work of growing disciples lasts into eternity. Because making disciples is all about people and people finding their way to the glory of God forever. And so the Apostle Paul writes with such passion and joy. When he speaks, he writes to a bunch of disciples that by the grace of God, he has made as he's brought God's word to them. And so Paul says this, hear the affection here. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Here's our life's joy. Here's our life's glory. It's the people we have discipled. When Jesus returns in glory, the career may be forgotten. But when we see those disciples who we've had a hand, either big or small, in making, they will be our glory. We'll see them across heaven and smile because they are worshipping Jesus forever with us. But we see from the words of Jesus, there's two aspects of disciple-making. Firstly, we make disciples by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
So firstly, Jesus is talking about making new disciples, helping people who don't know Jesus come to follow him and come to know him. So it's the work of having others, getting to know others around us, you know, inviting them around for dinner, getting to know them, and then being a blessing to them, and when the time's right, sharing the gospel, sharing them with all that Jesus has done, all the life and hope that we have in relationship with God. But how do we do that? What's that look like? Well, I'm sure you may have plenty ideas, plenty of ideas of how we both individually and as a church could go about making new disciples, and there'll be a time to talk about those things. Uh, but for today, I thought I'd ask Nassim, who is a part of our church here, who is a new disciple and who we literally baptised the other month. Uh, her story is her sister, Nagras, was, you know, brave and kept on asking her, uh, kept encouraging her to uh, come along to church, and eventually she did. And so I've asked Nassim, what did people from this church do to help her become a disciple of Jesus and be baptised? All right, let's have a look. Thanks, Harry. Uh, hello, I'm Nassim, and uh, I've been coming to All Saints Church uh, since November. Actually, surprisingly, uh, people are very welcoming and very warm. And as soon as I get to the, like, uh, as soon as the service finished and I come, they came around me and they asked, like, who are you? I'm like, introduced themselves to my, to me. And then Christine and, uh, Murna, uh, they, um, invited me for a lunch to Christine's house. Yeah, and then I was like, I was very surprised. I was very excited for like this kind of, um, how to say, like welcoming, uh, I, I don't know say, how, welcoming behavior. Welcoming behavior? Yeah, yeah okay. I was really surprised about that. Mm. Yeah, then I went, I went to Christine and uh, I had chance to meet other people, like Julie and Matthew, and and Marion, and yeah, and then we talked together. It, it was really good. Oh, actually, that day, uh, Christine introduced introduced me to uh, to a Bible study group. Yeah, it was it was a very like good idea, and yeah. Very, I think I was really lucky about that, yeah. And uh, also, um, as, I, as I mentioned before, I didn't have job and these things. Then I talked to Matthew and Julie, and they they asked me to hand in my CV to them. I will send them my CV, and then yeah, and then they found me like they introduced me to an, to a firm, and now. I have also my job, yeah, <laughs> my dream job actually, <laughs> yeah. It's like exactly the uh, in First Corinthians chapter thirteen. It says the way of love. I feel like really I found it here in this church, and uh, it really helped me to. Um, mm, to practice 
in in my real life, and I learned from these people. I learned like how to be involved in community and how care about other people. Wasn't it good to hear from Nassim how great it was uh, that uh, you, (laughs) people of this church, worked in small and big ways, uh, which led to being baptised, people being people greeting someone new on a Sunday, an invitation to lunch, being asked to a small group, some help getting a job, different acts of love that led to Nassim seeing the love of Christ. That's our mission to make new disciples. But it's only part of our purpose. Jesus has called us not only to make new disciples, but to grow disciples by, uh, back to the other one, thank you, but uh, by teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So just like a tree grows with sunlight and water and nutrients, disciples grow by obeying the teaching of Jesus. Makes sense, right? If Jesus is who he is, if he's the one in authority over everything, including your life, then his teaching is the one is the teaching we need to follow. He's the one we need to listen to and obey. And so to grow as disciples, we need to teach one another all that Jesus taught. And so part of why we come together as church is to hear the teaching of Jesus in his word, the Bible. Or our goal of our midweek small groups is to teach one another what Jesus says in his word so that we may obey it. It's not just so that we learn more, but we know it so we can obey it. And we can encourage one another and challenge one another to do that because we're under the authority of Jesus. And so it's so encouraging to see you all here in church today or if you're watching online, maybe with other people, because you're here to hear the word of God. And you're together so you can talk with one another about how to live for Jesus this week. And often uh, uh, the year starts with lots of people coming to church and coming to small groups. Keep persevering in those through the colder months. Keep reading the Bible with those in your house. Maybe this week aim to have a conversation with someone about how they're going, how they're living for Jesus. Be praying for someone that God will work in them so that they may grow. Uh, We'll join in prayer later for our mission partners, Morgan and Liv, who are overseas, seeking to make disciples in the Middle East. Pray for them as they do work uh, making disciples. This is your great mission in life to live to make new and growing disciples of Jesus. We'll play different parts in that. We'll play different we'll have different roles. But that's what you're made for. This will be your lasting work because you're working to see others right with their creator and growing more and more like Jesus living for him. But a couple of mistakes to point out as we hear about making disciples, the call to make disciples. Uh, firstly, the call to disciples, the call to make disciples, is our mission, it's not our identity. Hear that? The call to make disciples is our mission, it's not our identity. Who you are, your identity, is you're a child of God. 
You are saved by the blood of Jesus. You're accepted by his grace. That's your identity. Your mission, though, is to make disciples. And so we mustn't think that our identity is wrapped up in our task of making disciples. So you might be a small group leader. Maybe, uh, maybe there'll be a time when you're not seeing much growth in faith in the people in your group. And the discouragement comes. And then even you can struggle with your faith, thinking that, well, if my ministry's not going well, then maybe I'm not such a good Christian after all. Uh, please pray uh, along these lines for me and for the other ministers and people in, in ministry, because when I see my worth in my ministry work, that's a danger. That's a trap. Because to place to see, the place to see my true worth is in the costly blood of Jesus. The call to make disciples is our mission, it's not our identity. Now, the mistake that we can make is to think that the call to disciples is the entirety of the Christian life. It's the only thing. But as much as Jesus gives us this mission, we mustn't forget that God's call to be holy and godly mustn't forget God's call to love others or to work faithfully and produce things for others. There'll be other times to highlight those more, and it's not for today, but we mustn't forget those things in our worship of God. We mustn't forget to delight in God himself. We're not just doing things for him. We can delight in all that God is. I was reminded of this verse from Psalm 73 this week. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. The call to make disciples is not the entirety of the Christian life. And the third mistake is, well, we can just get scared or hesitant. You know, it's, it's daunting to talk about spiritual things with other people. It's hard work to make disciples. It seems discouraging that, you know, even, even our children that we are trying to disciple, when they're wandering away from God, what do we do then? And in all this, you know, it seems like even if I, whatever efforts or in my prayers, maybe it just won't work. I wonder if some of Jesus' 11 disciples were thinking the same thing. Well, in our fear, in our pessimism, Jesus leaves us with a promise. Did you see it right at the very end? Uh, in verse 18, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus promises that he is with us as we seek to make disciples. Now remember, Jesus is, he says this, and he's literally about to ascend to heaven to the Father. And so his presence with us is by his Holy Spirit, which is given to us. And so what that means is Jesus is with you for the task. We don't need to try and do it in our own strength. We don't need to think, oh, if I just did something different, the outcome would be different. Jesus is with us, working in and through us by his Holy Spirit. So when you get that opportunity to make disciples... Don't be afraid. Don't think it's all up to you. 
Don't think your efforts will come to nothing. Jesus is with you, and he calls you to make disciples of all nations. So Jesus has authority, all authority in this world, and he's given us our purpose in life, and he's promised to be with us. And so to finish, I thought, how can we not pray in reliance on him as we seek to go and make disciples? Uh, There's a prayer coming up on the screen. I thought it'd be good to pray this together uh, for uh, the mission that Jesus calls us to. Uh, Let's pray together. Our gracious God, we pray that you will help us to proclaim our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that everyone around us will hear his call to repent, trust and serve Christ in love and be established in the fellowship of his disciples while we await his return. May we continue to pray, to depend on your Holy Spirit and to glorify you. Amen.